Oh, I'm so excited for this episode. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, it has. Given that the center point of storytelling is conflict, I'm just going to go ahead and say, I'm not excited. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tale of a strange and dangerous world. A world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic, hardship, and friendship. This is a tale about a world at war, and the people who are forced to endure it. When ancient magic starts to stir, three unlikely heroes find themselves embroiled in a quest much larger than themselves. But, more than any of that, this is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons. Hello, and welcome back to How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. It's the 1st December edition, and that means choo-choo, what's that? It's the Christmas train, pulling out of the station, heading towards Christmas time. And who's conducting that train? It's me, your Tom Hanks from Polar Express Dungeon Master, Ben McAllister. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. That, that kind of threw me off there, because you saw me some stuff. Um, yeah. I, know, I mean, I'm just, I'm your Bahama Mama, Jackson Usid. That's I'm just going to stick oh. with mine. <laughs> Oh, cool! You just you sitting on that one, waiting for it. Okay. Um, well, like well, not really sitting night? on it so much as you being like, it's our first December recorder, and I was looking outside, seeing the sun, and then you were like, so I'm gonna make a winter reference. Like, I yeah, was like, <laughs> yeah, that that's true. I mean, like, look, the way these things typically work is like, I don't have anything prepared until I'm midway through the sentence. Hello and welcome back to How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons, and then I just like. Just have to take a leap of faith into a theme and just hope that something comes out and that it's going to be okay. So, and look- every time mm-hmm. I'm stuck in position three to try and make a pattern out of the two disparate things the two of you have said. Yeah, said. okay. Well, go on then. What have you so got? So, what I'm going to do is, like you say, take a leap of faith and be like, hi, it's me, Thomas Indiana Jones Owen, learning how to reach the uh, Holy Grail. Okay. Is that a Christmas thing? No, but it's a leap of faith. Okay, very good. Grace, bring it home for us. <laughs> No. Yeah, yeah patent that. Yeah, you've got Indiana Jones. Put that on some wall. You've got Bahama Mama, and you've got Tom Cruise from the Polar okay. Express. Okay. Tom, Hanks. Tom, Tom Cruise Hanks. from the Polar. I would watch yeah. that movie now. though, because you know he would do all his own stunts, even though it was a yeah. movie film. He would it's do like all the his own animation. Express um, meets Snowpiercer. Well, seeing as it's just in any climate at this time of year, it's the gravy season. Gravy chaps over here. Bringing up the gravy rear. chaps. <laughs> bringing up gravy the gravy chaps. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's very good. So, but I like. Let's be real. Chaps. Like the one thing they definitely don't do is bring up the rear. <laughs> that, what? Well, if, if, if you're talking about arseless chaps, chaps yeah. <laughs> Are there other chaps that do have? <laughs> if if all chaps were arseless, you wouldn't qualify them as. I'm like saying, yeah, these are my sleeveless <laughs> pants. You know, I'm always wearing my sleeveless pants. You know what? You guys are my chaps. Oh. And we're all arseless, actually. None of us have a butt. No. Not a one butt between us. Hang on a second. T might be correct. They are buckled on over trousers with the chaps integrated belt, but unlike trousers, they have no seat and are not joined at the crotch. Why do people call them arseless chaps, then? I think no, because chaps, just no chaps can have chaps can have butts. I'm looking at some butted <laughs> chaps right now. I Is think butted chaps because yeah. that's a different thing. Wait, so sorry, so all all chaps are crotchless. 
but not all traps are arseless. There you go. So this is like a fucking, this is like a logic puzzle. All, yeah, if, yeah, all, yeah. if if chaps are to jeans, what I don't know. <laughs> you figure out the rest of that one. Yeah. Right. Why is there an item of clothing where the definition is your dick can hang out of it? Um, well, you see, they were designed to protect the legs while riding on horseback, but not the dick. Yeah, they didn't care about dicks in those not days. The dick. Yeah, no one actually had dicks back in old west days. <laughs> they wanted to just sit their dick on their horses. I mean, yeah. to be yeah. fair, to be fair, they were initially initially made to be worn over trousers. It was just some rowdy boy that was like, "I'm going dick out." Like they're meant to be covering <laughs> over, but like their pants for your pants. Someone was yeah. just going like, "I'm cutting out the middleman here." And leaving my little man out. Hey, oh, here's something fun. (laughs) Speaking of pants for your pants, I definitely did go and see Le Grange, uh, the new Grinch movie in cinemas last night. And there is a scene in the movie where the Grinch gets out of bed and he looks like the Grinch does. You know how he is. He's all hairy and green. And then he goes into his cupboard and pulls out a pair of pants, which are like hairy green pants that he puts on over his hairy green body. And then after that, it just looks like he's... (laughs) The Grinch. And so I want to confront the, the fact that the Grinch is always wearing pants. Like, that's not his body. It is his body, but also he's wearing another layer on top of it that looks well, he, exactly like... you the, watch him put the pants yeah, on. Yeah, you watch yeah. him put the pants on. So they explicitly are like, this Grinch is naked right now. Yeah, now right. he's now clothed. He's, he's a never nude. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. was wearing underpants on, oh. over his hairy Grinch legs. Then he puts the green Grinch pants on. So it's basically just the animators being like, this character is not nude. Yeah, they just wanted to confirm. He's yeah, so they could get a low... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Grin- the Grinch definitely has a dick, we're just not going to show it to you. It's like yeah, the, ultimate exactly. intri- it's the ultimate Christmas intrigue. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that is like, literally, that's what that's... Cause you, you know that that has, like, just because of the internet and the way it is, like, there are now people being like, oh, so confirmed, Grinch has dick. Grinch dick exists. Well, 100%. that doesn't actually confirm that. He okay, could have a vagina. He Does could have just a butt. A he dick. could have a cloaca. He could... Everyone draws what they think the Grinch's dick looks like. <laughs> Everyone does? Is that like a, like a yeah, subconscious That just sounds like a statement. Like, um, you know you've done it. I've done it with okay. all drawn Grinch dicks. Are there species where the male of the species doesn't have a dick? They have something else? I, I'm looking at some things right now. Um. Oh no! I can't think of it. Is Dick like the center of life? Is that <laughs> what we've just figured out? This is surely there's got to be animals without dicks. This, this is be. awful. This thing that I'm looking at. I mean, right like now. a jellyfish doesn't you can have see a dick. See it all in your face. <laughs> let, let me see. Let me see. Show us the screens. Scar us. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> so big. <laughs> <laughs> the Grinch is back in one. <laughs> well, why are we talking about the Grinch's dick? I know it's my fault, but you all really jumped in, and we, we should have known better. Can't fucking dangle Grinch let's... dick in front of our faces and okay. expect us not like to jump out. Let's let's get back on the rails here, shall we? Is it yeah. time to, to to dig back into the Sit world? Back on the rails? Yeah. Are you going to railroad us? That's mm. not good D and D. Okay. Let's get back into the open world sandbox, Thank shall we? Let's get back in the sand pit and splash around together. You can't splash. Yeah, well, you can if you splash hard enough. And before we start splashing and splashing, I think it's time, if you'll allow me, if you'll come with me, for a bit of a recap. When we last left our heroes, they were making their way through the Temple of Sea in pursuit of answers about the Sine 
and the larger conspiracy involving the scholar Valeria, the king of Carthus, and his shadowy servant, Esme, none of whom the party have seen or heard from for some time. The adventurers have already braved several challenges and puzzles on their way through the temple, and have recently stumbled upon what appear to be small, abandoned living quarters. After searching the rooms and finding a mysteriously flourishing potted rose, the group made their way into another room, which contained a strange headset-type apparatus. Drasilia donned the headset, and immediately received a message, seemingly beamed directly into her brain. That brings us to right now. So, you guys know where we're at. Drazilia's sitting in a chair, she's wearing a helmet, she heard like a crackly spooky voice say, is that you, Dandela? And that's exactly where we left it. Yep. So I think we'll pick back up, if it's okay with you guys, inside Druzzy's mind, where Druzzy is once again transported. Not in the physical sense, but I mean inside her mind. She, she loses her sense of reality, and it's time for another vision. This one's short and sweet. Drasilia, you're back in the woods, much like the first one of these visions that you ever had. And you're following along behind that same slender robed figure, walking through the woods. After a very short period of time walking, the figure comes to a clearing, steps into the clearing, regards it coolly. The figure drops their pack off their back, lets out a sigh. And then you're back in that chair in the dungeon, and the message that was coming through to you has crackled out. It's gone. Instead, what you see sort of in your mind's eye, again, not in any physical space, is something resembling what we, as modern human beings, might think of as a kind of goofy-looking user interface. It's like a computer screen, if you will, with a single line of text written on it. And the line of text goes like this. You can speak, by the way. You're back in the room. You're conscious. It's just like, whilst wearing the headset, you're kind of visualizing this. What you're seeing on the screen is essentially it's like an old-style computer monitor screen with the sentence, or phrase, I suppose, what has a mouth but never speaks, has a head but never weeps, and has a bed but never sleeps. And then there's like a blinking cursor for, like, input. I know. Tell me what it says on the screen. I know what the answer is. I think I relay it to the others, because I got no... Drazilia got no idea. You relay that and none of the vision that you just had or the message that you just heard? Um, maybe I just say, does Dandelion mean anything to anyone? No. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. Let's just keep it in mind. And, um, yeah, I relay the, the riddle. If you relay the riddle, then Duncan, a huge fan of Joaquin Phoenix's filmography... <laughs> this is going to be such a dumb roundabout joke. Jesus Christ. Um, I, look, I was going to get to River Phoenix. The answer is River. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. So I think river with yeah. my, my head. You think river inside your mind, and you see the word, like, tap out again, like on an old-style computer, like... Oh, very cool. And then a tiny little melody plays in your brain. And the screen flashes green. And, uh, yeah, that one is gone. That riddle fades away on the screen. 
I'm really glad we found like an old style PC that has like really shitty video games on it. When you're like really young, you go on there and be like, oh, hell yeah, like Minesweeper, here we go. And this is like the little <laughs> riddle generator we found. Did you guys have in your like primary school classes, there was like a bank of computers on the wall that like, you know, if you got in early, kids were always playing shitty games on those computers. Yeah, and dude, then like, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Fucking yep. RuneScape before school on oh, the shitty dude. computers on Tetris. the side of the room. Yeah. yeah. Jackson, did you... Were you in a RuneScape, Jacko? Oh, dude. 1v1 me in the wildy, dude. Like, fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Is this just going over both your heads? Whoosh. Okay. Um, Jackson, talk to me about RuneScape some of the time. Uh, we'll, we'll... Tweet at I played, me. I played RuneScape. I never did any 1v1-ing in the wildy. Yeah. Uh, like, T, T, T would have never left Lumbridge, you fucking noob. Yeah, T fucking... Yeah, oh, can someone help me get to Varaka? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I didn't get very far in this game. I don't know what you're doing. How do I mine copper? <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Alright. <laughs> okay, there is another riddle up on screen. Oh. But before we get oh, to right. the second riddle on screen. Before we get to the second riddle on screen, uh those of you who are currently holding sending stones, I've forgotten which of you those it's, are. Um Juzzy and Jody. Juzzy and Jody, okay. What? Yeah, that's I right. I had mine. No, you no, didn't. You, you have used Alyssa Brambles. Did I? Yep. You did because How did you talk me into that? Because Jody needed his to speak. And I can't remember why Jazilia said she wasn't going to. Um, She's a little bitch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bitch. Um, so, speaking of Alyssa Brambles, mm. she crackles over the Sending Stone to those of you who are currently holding them and says, uh, Hey, so, um, you know how you recommended our hostage situation? Just a quick update. Where that, um, I've, taken, I've taken one of these fish folk uh, pretty aggressively hostage. The other two are just tied up. Anyway, uh, I'll go back here, but, but hurry, please. Uh, I don't know how, how much time we've got, if no one has anything yeah, to say to that. Good work, Alyssa. I'm proud of you. Very good. <laughs> Let's progress to the second uh, riddle on screen, shall we? Mm-hmm. I'm beautiful, but bring you pain. I love the sun, but also rain. I know what it is. Tell me the riddle. It's <laughs> some kind of master of riddles. And I also love that you said that in Duncan voice, because the implication is that Duncan just knows he knows it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. More riddles, yeah, yeah. yeah. Duncan is doing a Batman and has been like sort of like preparing to like tap our brain so he can like prepare for when we go rogue essentially. Like he's he's prepared for all of us. He's got a plan to take down each of you. Yeah, yeah. I got a kryptonite in my back pocket. <laughs> um well I think before Drozzy says it aloud, she clocks the rose that Jody is holding and maybe tries a rose. Oh, without even saying it out loud. Yes. She doesn't even tell them. Yes. Yeah, she definitely plugs the word rose in, the little chime plays again, the screen flashes green, and that riddle too fades away. Don't worry about it, Duncan, I, I got that one. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you could definitely also just lie and say you've got like six. <laughs> just oh, be yeah. like, hang on, I'll let you know if I get stuck. <laughs> just be like, yeah, definitely got like ten of them. <laughs> uh, okay, there's a third riddle on the screen now, which reads as follows. Sometimes fancy, sometimes gritty. In boats and inns from port to city. In linen robes or caked in muck. From all around, they try their luck. Jody. <laughs> what? It just sounded, sounded like Jody, you know what I mean? Like sometimes fancy, sometimes gritty. You know, linen robes. I don't know, I'll just try something out. <laughs> yeah, they're all trying their luck with Jody. <laughs> from all around, yeah. baby. <laughs> um, yeah, that one just a... Shares. Definitely relates yeah. to the group. Yeah, okay. Um, say it again. I 
I'm starting to wonder about dice or coins, but can you say it again? <laughs> sometimes fancy, sometimes gritty, in boats and inns from port to city, in linen robes or caked in muck, from all around they try their luck. In linen robes? Mm. Oh, yeah, I think linen robes will be like a pouch. Like a, I reckon it might be coins. Uh, yeah, I guess if you say that in character. Yeah, that's my best bet so far. Jersey's <laughs> <laughs> like, thinks coins. She types in the word coins? With her brain. Okay, Drussy. As Drussy types in the word coins, oh, she no. hears an oh, ear splitting. No. <clears throat> Screen flashes red and she takes whew, six psychic damage oh, as the helmet shocks her skull. Go ahead and mark that damage. Can you say it again? Okay. Once again, after the, the shock of electricity to the side of your head and uh, the red flash dissipates, you see on screen, sometimes fancy, sometimes gritty. In boats and inns, from port to city, in linen robes or caked in muck, from all around, they try their luck. Hmm. <laughs> sometimes like fancy, sometimes key. gritty. But it, oh, it, well, it's people. Like, I, I, it's, it's definitely, like, it fits, but I'm worried that it's maybe just a very small square that's fitting into a large round hole. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I, I I have roughly the same feeling, which is exactly the feeling I had about coins, I'll admit, which is why I said it's my best idea so far. Um, um, I think it's something to do with this luck. What have we had so far? So far you've had a river, you've had a rose, and now you've got this. Sometimes fancy, sometimes gritty. That fits for people. And boats and inns from port to city, that fits for people. Also people, yeah. In linen robes or cake they love mark, that. from mm-hmm. all around, they try their luck. They do. It does sound like, like people. It could be people. It could be travellers. Sailors. I reckon people or dice. I'm happy to burn hit points trying either of them. <laughs> oh, Duncan's going to stick the helmet on and give it a crack. Yeah, Josie's like... By all means. And just hops out of the chair. Oh, hops out of the chair. Okay. Does DK hop into the chair? Yeah, yeah, I'll hop in. Okay, DK hops in the chair, pulls on the fucking yeah. coffer dome, gets jacked into this matrix <laughs> the same way Drazilia did. Plug me in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you see this flashing screen with that written out on it. I think I'll mentally type dice. Dice. Okay, you type in dice. The screen kind of like pauses for a second as if it's thinking and thinking. And then it plays the victory chime, and the screen turns ah. green. Yes, okay, so, with that third riddle solved and out of the way... What are you talking about? I'm sitting here solving so many riddles. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Khan's like, yeah, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> They're out, yeah. I'm um, the riddle king. <laughs> Yeah, and actually, I, think, I think when you got in the chair, Duncan, you definitely saw a counter in the top left corner that said three. <laughs> so immediately knew that Tresilia was lying. Okay, as that third riddle is solved, the screen fades to black, and you hear an incredibly loud series of cracks and groans as the stone wall on the far side of the room starts to slowly recede and then slide down, 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 revealing a room beyond. And in that room beyond, you would find a mostly dead and withered garden. Um, Drazilia looks around. Okay, take a perception check. Nope. <laughs> okay, you see a mostly dead and withered garden. <laughs> Jody looks around. <laughs> yeah, Jody, take a, take a perception check. Okay. 
That's a ooh, a 16 plus... What about plus 7 for me? Yep, so 23. Okay, very good roll. With the 23, Jody, I'll actually give you something here. You recognize... Oh, thanks. That's very good yeah. of you. <laughs> no, I mean, something, something beyond pure perception. Oh, you nice. recognize that the layout of this garden is kind of reminiscent of the walled garden at Espera, where you grew up. In terms of layout and structure, it's much smaller given that it's kind of like one room rather than like a big open garden. But like, oh, there are definite stylistic similarities. No big tree at the centre. On the far side, there is what appears to be a game board sitting on a little wooden mount. Let's play! Wow. Okay, I think Jody sort of... Um, I think Jody sort of sees that and turns to his friends and is like, it's, um... It looks like Espera. Like the, the grounds at Espera. There's no, um... The great tree isn't there, but it's mostly the same. Was the, um is there like is there an indication where if anything were to be planted, like in relation to Esper and anything, is there anything there, or is it the, the bigger interest for me other than the fact that I'll lay out there that like the game board? Um, I mean certainly like the big space in the middle where the great tree would be that isn't would stick out to you. Yeah. Cool. Um, but there's not like there's not like a little obvious place to plant something. Josie's like, mm, I'm pretty sure I would have noticed if it looked like Espera. So. <laughs> Josie's like, I think I know the garden at Espera a little better than you, Jody. <laughs> so yeah, Jody's like, um, we have the the game board, or perhaps we could uh, plant the rose. What do you What do you think? Pop the rose in. Uh, Jody, I think you have the rose. Uh, it's it's true. Um, and Jody goes and like kneels before like the spot where the great tree would be, and I guess tries to see if he can plant the rose. Okay, as you walk into the room, uh, oh, along, no. <laughs> he's filled with he's filled with crossbow bolts. He's dead. He's yeah. not wearing any armor. No, as you walk into the room and you're walking along this path towards the center where the great tree would be, uh, you notice that the sort of dead brush on either side, as you're carrying the rose sort of begins to respond a little bit. Like, it's not fully blooming, but it's kind of stirring and maybe brightening a little bit. As you approach the centre, you place the rose, and as it takes its place, this blooming process, this greening and lightening of the garden, begins to happen faster. And these exotic plants that are sort of growing out of this craggy, rocky, slimy stone, you kind of think, probably without magic, certainly shouldn't be alive down here under the ground in a space with no natural light or apparent water. But yeah, the garden does appear to be blooming. And as it blooms, the game board starts to sort of slightly glow and gently hum. I love the implication that we see this magical garden pop to life and Jody's just there like... These species really shouldn't grow in this cave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jody, real idiot scientist, like, hmm, <laughs> hang on, like, <laughs> yeah. Does the game board look like a chessboard? Because Duncan is proficient in chess. Okay, okay. So this is something I actually wanted to talk to you about, T, and actually wanted to maybe hash out a little bit, and and, and potentially with input from um, the other two as well. Because I don't think chess exists in this world. I think there's another game that is similar to chess. That is something like chess inside Carthus, and Checkers. I have. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's probably more what Duncan is proficient in, and probably more what, if anything, the other two of you have played at times like this. Ooh, um, what would it be called? It, it's definitely, it looks like from afar, it, I guess you're still sort of standing at the entrance to the room. From afar, it looks like the board for this game, which in my mind might be called Knights. I kind of like that as a name. 
but I'm also open to, to other things. I think I think this is a Duncan thing because I think like if there's anyone here who's probably like played a lot of this game, it's Duncan. Well, and I think if you've got something here for like what this game is, how it works, what you want it to be called, I'm happy to go with it. Uh, what I've got on my sheet is chess. <laughs> <laughs> so I think maybe they in Carthus play a game called Knights and Duncan has played knights, and that might be what is on this table here. Mm-hmm. But Duncan has also started a chess league, which is his okay. variant of knights. <laughs> he has started a league? <laughs> yeah. So you're actually not he then, uh, in, in a tragic backstory, had to kill a variety of the members of the chess league. Chess, of course, being the dwarven word for knights. Oh, that's fun. I like that. The dwarven yeah, culture nice. calls it chess. Yeah, the, yeah. the 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 human carbon culture calls it knights. Or it could be like chesk. Maybe in dwarven it's chesk. Chesk. I like that. Yeah. Chesk. I will amend my sheet right now. In I'm my... now proficient in chess. Yeah, it was just a typo. In my <laughs> in my mind, this game is kind of like we can make a cheese. <laughs> Dukan's proficient in cheese. <laughs> Unlike Thomas Owen, who's definitely not proficient in cheese or dairy of any kind. I've had so much cheese in the last few days. <laughs> Would not believe. How's your stomach doing, dude? It's okay. It's not... Like, it's not keeping it 100, let's put it that Look, way. Look, that, that's what fantasy is for, right? Like, to, to get out of our earthly bonds. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. if I was going to play, my character would be able to eat gluten. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, it's me, your dad this time, Big B, just checking in on you in the middle of the show as per usual. I hope you're enjoying chapter 35. Thanks as always for listening, it really means a lot. As always, we hope that if you do enjoy the show, you'll think about sharing it with a friend or loved one, since that really helps us grow and get the show into the ears of more people. If you're looking for a jumping off point, one of the special episodes or even the recap episode we did, 19.5, are great places to start. Just a few quick housekeeping notes while I've got you. Firstly, our next episode will, if all goes according to plan, be our Christmas episode. Jackson's coming back into town for the summer and we're super excited to all record together. T will be DMing, it'll be super fun, so get ready for more wacky holiday specials. Secondly, I just wanted to remind any people who'll be in Perth in January that we're going to be running HTWA live at the Fringe Festival on January 23rd, 24th and 25th at Lazy Susan's. The last time we did a live show was so much fun, we're really keen to get back to it. Uh, you can find more details about that on the Fringe website or by checking us out on any social media platform that you like. Anyway, that's all from me. Thanks as always for listening. You're all the best. I won't take up any more of your time. Enjoy the rest of the show. Okay. All right. I think this is called Knights or Chesk in Dwarven. I like it. In my mind, this game is is like a strategy game where you move pieces around a board, but the kind of narrative of what's going on is it's like a war and it's like logistical, like you're trying to like supply your troops and your yeah. knights on the front line. And there's like, like you, know, you can't move into a square that doesn't connect back to another. Yeah, square and you can try and like cut off other players' supply lines yeah. and stuff. I, I like that as like a logistical tactical game for something Duncan's played a lot of yeah, in the past. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you find a yeah, what looks to you like a knights or chess board. In yeah. chess, do the um, king and the queen pieces look exactly the same? <laughs> <laughs> 
They definitely both have beards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Every piece is just a different style of beard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are you going to wander on over to the Chesk board? Uh, Chesk, you wouldn't believe how many... Uh, uh, well, fuck, recruits I've swindled out of their money. No, noted Chesk expert Duncan started a league. <laughs> the expertise. It's all muscle memory. Let's play Chesk, ladies and gentlemen. So, alright, so you guys walking over, because, like, there's a little central part where you've placed the rose in its pot, then, you know, the path continues over to this Chesk board. I should mention board. that in Chesk, each piece is made out of a different kind of stone, so it's actually also a learning tool for the dwarves about different stone oh, types. I, I love that. That, that is so <laughs> good, yes. Um, I am going to say half the pieces are white and half the pieces are black, much like in real human chess. Are we walking past the centre point of this room now? Who's walking past it? Who's walking over to the chess? I board? think I am pretty enthusiastically... Striding towards it? Striding okay. towards so, that chess. So, Duncan at the front then, um, can I get you to take a dexterity saving throw for me? Gladly. As these two vines whip out yeah, from the nice. growing bushes on either side of the path and attempt to beat you nice. backwards. Dexterity, did you say? Uh-huh. 21. Oh! Duncan fucking somersaults yeah. under the vines and they just, like, thwap past him and then retract back I think, into the... I think conceiv- conceivably what happened there was the vines miscalculated just how excited I was for the chest and I was yeah. moving more quickly than would be socially appropriate in the moment and it really threw them off yeah they weren't quite ready for it they were yeah. like, ah! <laughs> he's like whoa he really likes the chest yeah they went a bit high yeah it's very good um, Jody Lap he's really keen so. yeah this is a little embarrassing <laughs> yeah it's almost, it's almost embarrassing that I was yeah. too quick for the lines yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so you walk over to this board I guess you guys are still kind of standing on the other side of these vine whips and you see that there are indeed two stools one on either side uh, sorry Gross. Yeah, two big poos. And <laughs> in addition to these two giant poos, there are also some little wooden chairs. You notice, as I mentioned, the board is kind of faintly glowing. And you see that with the board in its current position, you realise this isn't a fresh, ready-to-start game. With the board in its current position, Black is one move away from winning. And what do you think winning is in the game of chess? What's it called? I think in chess, it's um, actually instead of checkmate, you, you say in a dwarven dialect, of course, something that roughly translates to huzzah, now your ale is mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Black it's, is. It's a lot briefer in dwarven syllables, <laughs> but. Yeah. So, so black is one move away from uh, huzzah, now your ale is mine. As Duncan moves over to this board, you get another message from Alyssa Brambles coming over the sending stones here. I guess Duncan doesn't get it, but the other two do. Where she says, wait, 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 I think I have... Okay, I think I have some... Yep, okay, something's coming, something's coming. Okay, okay, hostage situation. Okay, all right, this is going to be fine. Wait, wait a minute, that's... That's not... Oh, fuck. Guys, go quick! And then the message cuts out into the equivalent of static. Whoa. Alright, Donkey, we gotta pick this up. Let's let's murder. I will make the necessary move and then in dwarvish pronounce Huzzah, now your ale is <laughs> <laughs> Okay, 
Duncan picks up, I'm gonna say, a night piece and moves it to cut off, like, the final supply line to whatever the, like, <laughs> fortress piece is of the white pieces and pronounces in Dwarvish, Huzzah, now your ale is mine. And as you place this piece down with a resounding thud, you hear another series of loud cracks and groans as this wall on the far side of the chest piece retracts and starts sliding down again and booming over unseen speakers in Dwarvish, you hear, not yet. And the wall <laughs> retracts down into the wall like the previous one, and standing there are two giant mechanical chess pieces, one black-white and one white knight. Everybody roll initiative. Whoa. Oh, no. Duncan, what do they say? Say, <laughs> uh, 19 for your boy. Five. Ooh. <laughs> The old dwarven V. Yep. Oh, sorry, Jesse. Uh, 16. Nice. Okay, so we've got these two, like, I want, I want to say, like, they, they look like big mechanical knights holding, like, massive shields that emerge from their arms and also fucking swords. Uh, big mechanical swords that they have. One of them is all polished black metal and one of them is all, like, almost enameled polished kind of white shining what looks like metal. The first person to act is Jody, who is sort of standing in the center of the room looking at these weird plants as you see this wall move back and these fucking giant mechanos move in. Ooh, I love that. Um, can I rush over and, like, strike one of these big boys? Uh, you can. As you run down the central path, I am going to need you to take a dexterity saving throw for me to avoid being hit by those vine thwippers. Oh, I'm so thrightened. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I mean, I rolled a 19 plus I guess five for my deck. Oh, six for my deck saves. I think I, I think I'm probably good. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you fucking like ground slide underneath those vines, yeah. get up, and make over to these two giant mechano knights. Which one do you attack, the white one or the black one? I'm gonna like launch right into the white one, like aiming. Uh, I guess trying to find some purchase between the shield, I suppose, with my staff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Cool. Go go for it. Make an attack roll. That's my vibe. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, ooh. Okay, that is a. Base 17 plus probably 10, right? Yeah, 27 to hit. Yeah, that is a good... That is a, that is a big hit, for sure. That'll do it. Uh, Alright, so a D8 plus 6 damage. Uh, so that's 5 plus... Uh, so 11 damage. And then I'm going to flurry of blows. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I'm going to add an additional effect. I, uh, I'm going to try and make it uh, get knocked prone, essentially. Oh, wow. Uh, are there any conditions on that? Because these things are class size large. Is it harder for you to do that? or? Nope. Deck, just a deck save. Mm -hmm. um, so the first one is a uh, 23 to hit, and the next one is a 19 to hit for my two attacks. Okay, which... So I just have to take one deck save? Yep. Okay, uh, 15 on the deck save. Ooh, my spell DC is 15. God damn Okay, it. so he just passes it. All right, how much damage on the... Wait, what were the two hits? What were the two attack rolls? Uh, there were a 23 and a 19, I think? Yeah, both hit. Great. Um, D6, 3, uh, so 9 damage, and then, mm -hmm. um, ooh, uh, 12 damage on the second one. Nice, okay, so um, you're pummeling, pummeling this big white enamel, you're like, staff finds its way past the shield, and then you hit it with a couple of fists, and you can see, like, dents are making their way into it. Hell yeah. Is that you done, or? No, I, I've got, I've got a whole other attack, so I'm gonna very use good, that Very good, very good. Um, Do it. That one is a 24 to hit. Very good. be a... Uh, four damage plus six, ten damage. Uh-huh. Um, and then Jody is going to try and uh, back up if he has any movement left, which he probably does. He's got 50 feet. Yeah, yeah. you've got movement. Um, you're going to provoke an attack of opportunity. Um, actually, no, fuck it. Jo Jody stands his ground. Like, Jody, like, lands at last strike and then sort of, like, like crouches down into himself and, like, readies himself to try and dodge. Okay. 
Fantastic. Now it is Dresilia's turn. You got these two big Meccano boys standing on the far side of the room from you. You got DK and Jody standing up on them. Jody, which one did you hit? The white one. Okay. Um, I <laughs> turn to the, the black one and I turn it into a shape with my spell polymorph. <laughs> Read that spell for me, please. Um, yeah, so they need to pass a wisdom saving throw. Mm-hmm. To avoid the effects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These Not, wise chess pieces. Yeah, these giant robot chess pieces yep. definitely have a lot of wisdom. <laughs> so let's see how that goes. Uh, that is a five. Yeah, so, so I'm say. Yeah, so he's a sheep. What does it say you can turn into animals? Um, well, read, read, the, read the spell. A creature that you can see. Okay, I guess a construct counts as a creature. If it's in the Monster Manual, it's a creature. Yep, okay, yep. This big black mechanical knight turns into a sheep and goes, what else happens? Does he get a chance to save on his next turn or what? Transformation lasts for the duration or until he drops to zero hit points and dies. Um, (laughs) No save! The new form can be any beast whose challenge rating is less than the target's. Target scan statistics, including mental ability scores, are replaced by the statistics of the chosen beast. It retains its alignment personality. Target assumes the hit points of its new form. Okay. Okay. Um, Let's protect that sheep. So he's a sheep. Yeah. He's just a sheep as long as Jacilia can concentrate. uh, Yeah, up to an hour. Honestly, just leave the room now. You've done your bit. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you're good. We we got this. Don't worry. We'll figure this one out. (laughs) Okay. How much intelligence and wisdom does this thing have? Not a lot. Okay. All right. Very good, okay. Uh, that's a level 4 spell slot, right? Yeah. Yeah, fucking nice, CC. Very good. What happens to things it's wearing and holding? They They're morph into its it. form. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> no worries. Uh, okay, that is going to make things interesting. Let's proceed. Uh, now it is the White Knight's turn, uh, who smashes into Jody with the massive shield he's holding. That is... 17 to hit? Not good enough, my friend. Oh, Jody dodges out of the way. Okay. He slashes down at you with his long sword then, and that is 18 to hit. Okay. Well, very convenient dice rolls, Benjamin. <laughs> yes, 18 hits. Man, he's got fucking plus 7. He rolled a 10 and an 11. Those are not good yeah, rolls. Yeah, 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 um, okay. Okay, that is 7 slashing damage. As this oh, long easy. sword finds purchase in your, I guess, cool linen shirt. Oh, no. <laughs> Jody's a tailor now. It's, it's fine. He'll sort it out later. Okay. Now it is the sheep's turn, uh, <laughs> who maintains his personality, but loses his wisdom and shit. Not that he had much of it. So I think he immediately charges at Duncan and headbutts him. I'm just going <gasps> to... I guess he crit me. No, he didn't crit you, but like, he's probably gonna hit you if he has any kind of attack bonus. What's your AC? Uh, 18. Yeah, uh, that's a 20 against AC. Not natural. He's... You're right, that is not natural for a sheep <laughs> to be charging <laughs> a plated armor knight. Yep, yep. And he's definitely going to deal, because he charged at you, he's gonna deal some extra damage, my friend. So you take four bludgeoning damage. Oh, no. <laughs> the sheep now I only have 99 hit points. <laughs> <laughs> the sheep charges into you. Okay, very good. Now it is Duncan. 
I will charge over and attack his friend. You're going to provoke an attack of opportunity from the sheep. I don't give a flying fuck. 18 against AC? Yeah, that hits. (laughs) This time, you take two bludgeoning damage. I literally just look it in the eye and I'm like, I could do this all day. (laughs) I love that the sheep's just going to be a slow leech on your hit points, though. Very, very good. You might just snap and cut it in half. (laughs) (laughs) Turns back into a fucking giant mechanical beast. Alright, Dakar. Okay, is my target made of metal? It is. Okay. I am going to just attack normally. No power attack. Okay, great. I'm going to swing both my mad attacks at this metal dude. One is a 22 to hit. The other is currently a 12 to hit. Go with the 22. Does that hit? That does hit. Sweet. And that means that'll deal... 23 damage. Yes, that's some damage that is dealt to it. For sure, that's a number. A big one, in fact. Sweet, I'll action surge. Oh, nice. Okay, go ahead. Two more attacks? Oh, two more attacks, yeah, because the attack action... Yeah, fuck, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Ooh, is it... Does it use my bonus action to make the second attack? It doesn't, does it? No, it's yeah, you it's attack sick. twice instead of once when you take the attack action. Fuck. That's multi-attack. Yes. Okay, so we're looking at two twenty-sevens to hit. Yep, those are both hits. Uh, oh, boy. One of them, I get to re-roll that. Two... Uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to put my uh, menace damage into this shit. Oh, boy. Yeah, just give me the um, total. 22. All up? Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. Uh, that's the one hit. Now it's the next hit. Okay, good. Yep. Oh, no. I can only use menace one superiority yeah. die a turn. So that, uh, that is... 14 damage on that next Oh, hit. man. All right. Duncan charges over to this thing, ignoring the sheep butting at his uh, more lightly armoured ankles and fucking carves two big chunks out of this enamelled white metal. Uh, and now we're back around to Jody at the top of the order. you got this big boy in front of you. Now DK's there engaging it as well. What do you do? Is the sheep within reach of me but without movement? Uh, it's... Well, it hasn't had its turn yet, but no, it's back over where Duncan was. So probably like, you know, okay. five, ten feet away from you. All right. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna uh, flurry of blows attack uh, this big boy. Okay. Nice. Um, so that is a 15 plus 10, 25 to hit. Yep, that hits. Okay. Uh, ooh, max damage. That's 14 damage on the first one. Nice, nice, nice. Um, and then that's a nat 20 on the second strike. Okay. And the third strike is a another 25. Uh huh. Um, can he take a deck save for me? Yeah, he can do that. Uh, two on the deck save. Great, he's now prone. Very good, knock him down, knock him to the ground. This giant fucking white mechanical knight stumbles back over and, and sort of like falls on its ass. It's a small, like I imagine almost like an elevator car that they came down in. So it's like, it's not a big space, so he just kind of like stumbles back yeah. into the wall behind him and is sitting <laughs> on his butt. Um, so it's 14 damage on that first uh, strike. Um, or I guess yeah, yeah. the second must strike, and then... Um, wait, 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 you already did um, an instance of 14. Is it another instance of 14? It's another 14, yeah. Okay. And then the next the next one is 7. Okay. So that's my first attack action. Okay, great. Um, I now, now, if he's prone, do I get advantage? You do, yes, on all yeah, uh, attack okay. rolls. For my second attack, uh, the first one is a 26. Second strike is uh, ooh, a 22. I'll take the 26. Um, and then here I go. 
five, uh, so 11 damage on this one, and yep. that'll be uh, my turn. Okay, fantastic. Now it's Drasilia. You got this big prone white enameled knight uh, mm. sort of behind Duncan and Jody. So if you try and hit it, it you're going to have disadvantage with a ranged attack roll unless it's an auto-hitting spell. All right. And I'm concentrating on keeping this Yes, you've got concentration up. Yep. So I think in that case, I might have a tussle with the sheep and see if I can tie his legs together. You're going to run over to the sheep? Yes. Yes. Okay. As you run up the path towards the sheep, can I get you to take a dexterity saving throw for me? (laughs) Oh, it's an eight. Okay. Um... Yeah, Grace, you're going to take 10 um, bludgeoning damage from these vines, Uh and you're going to need to roll to keep your concentration on the sheep spell, because you've taken damage. So take a constitution saving throw. Uh, 15. 15. Okay, let me quickly look up how concentration works, because you did take 10 bludgeoning damage, Uh and I want to know if this sheep is turning back into a knight or not. Guys, I messed up. (laughs) (laughs) you You should be fine, Gracie. The DC, the DC equals 10 or half the damage you take, whichever number is higher. Okay, okay. So, Drasilia manages to maintain a concentration as she's, like, fucking pummeled by these branches. And now you're over at the sheep. So go ahead and take a, I guess, dexterity check to try and truss up the sheep with some string that you've got in hand. 14. Okay, alright, 14. Okay, so you, like, tie the sh- sheep's feet together... And uh, now it's just sitting there on the ground, like, (laughs) and I guess that's Drasilia, because now the big white knight gets up and slams his giant shielded fist into my best friend, Jody Mastana. And I need Jody to tell me whether, ooh, yeah, that's probably going to hit 25. Yeah, probably. I think that one does it, yeah. So Jody gets fucking bludgeoned by fucking 10 bludgeoning damage uh, as this thing smashes him. And then he swings down at you again with his sword, and that's 23 to hit, so I'm assuming that also is a hit. Yeah. And that is... Ooh, max! uh, 12 slashing damage from the sword as well. So 22 bludgeoning and slashing from this big mechanical white knight, but now now his turn is over, and now his watch has ended. And now the sheep lies there on the ground going and like tries to like wriggle around and like butt at Drasilia. Because I assume Drasilia hasn't moved away from it. No, I haven't. Yeah, I'll give it disadvantage on a roll to try and fucking butt you in the face. Yeah, nah, I assume 10. 10's not going to do it, even at your paltry AC. Uh, And now it's Duncan. You got this big white boy in front of you. He stood up on his last turn, so you don't have advantage. I'm going to take two big old fucking swings at him. Yeah, do it. One's a crit. The other one is 28 to hit. Yeah, okay, so, yep, I think he's going to be in trouble here, boys and girls. You would notice that, like, as he was standing up, there were a few, like, clicks and grunts as, like, gears were turning as he was standing back up off the ground. I give him something to click about. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to throw a uh, menace... Uh, damage dice into that crit, obviously. Okay, yeah, good, good. So go ahead and just give me the total. So, uh, first roll on the crit comes out to uh, 19. Okay. Then the second roll on the crit comes out to uh, 16. So 19 and 16 adds up to... 35. 35. Then we add the 5 from my ability and so that's 40 damage on that attack mm-hmm. yeah don't worry about rolling the second attack <laughs> what happens there I think because it's more fun is like as he's like standing up and clicking and grunting Duncan takes advantage of that and plunges his greatsword down into like the slit in his visor this knight's helmet visor and just fucking like impales him and like your sword comes out the back of this giant mechanical knight's body and he tumbles to the ground 
He's dead. The sheep's on the ground. Huzzah! N- now your ale is ours. <laughs> <laughs> in Dwarvish? Like, in perfect Dwarvish? I think Jody, Jody yells Jody, it out. Jody has a, a terrific ear. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. He's, he's, a, he's an absolute mimic. Okay, so, as you guys are standing there, what I'm going to say is a black sheep, because that's fun, because it was the Black Knight. Definitely like a black wooled sheep kind of writhing around on the ground. The sort of corpse of a big white knight in front of you. Probably catching your breath a little bit after a combat that went a little bit maybe easier or better than expected, uh, thanks to Drazilia's quick-thinking crowd control. When you hear from behind you some resounding slow clapping, sarcastic clapping, do you turn around? You know what? No. <laughs> I'm gonna really lean into this whole like conflict driving the storytelling and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yes and that I'm gonna ignore this clapping to continue the meta narrative of conflict uh huh very good jo- 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 Jody takes Duncan by the hand and like turns him around with him. <laughs> very very tenderly as you guys turn around and uh face the far side of this garden you see a familiar figure standing in the doorway or in fact, there are two familiar figures. See, slung under one arm with a knife pressed against her throat is the halfling Alyssa Brambles. But the one holding the knife is definitely someone who you remember. It's your good friend Esme. And she says, What's this about a hostage situation? How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chappell, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newsett. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or still interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com. episode 50 we're gonna peel back a layer and reveal that the names we've been introducing ourselves as on the show have all been character names and we're all different people oh, yeah. and like there's a frame narrative about three friends recording a podcast but then maybe the apocalypse starts happening hw lane stops happening and the show is us all like on the run shit that would be sick we should do like the next halloween that. episode is like an in the the, the surface universe special where we're yeah. all like running from some apocalypse and it's just our radio exchanges yes it comes down around. yes it's like how people reckon guardians of the Galaxy, well, I mean, you know, Infinity War kind of blew that out of the water, but it's like how people reckon Guardians of the Galaxy is just the Avengers playing D&D. Yeah, I've um, seen that Tumblr meme as well.